Well, welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People with pastoral applications uh, from the sermon text on Sunday. I'm Pastor Dave Keene. Today, I'm here with Victor Rodriguez. Victor, how are you doing today? Very good. Very good. Thank you. Amen. Well, I'm so uh, grateful uh, for the, the opportunity for you to be to talk with you today and uh, just be able to uh, spend some time thinking about um, the cost of discipleship. Uh, before we begin talking about the text, why did you uh, how, why did you go here? Um, I will have to be honest in, in, in this one. I don't think it was a very uh, deep process or um, I, I just was going through uh, previous messages that I went went through that I preached before. Um, I went through a lot of them, but for some reason, uh, I stopped with this one. When I, I read the the verses that I looked 14, 25 to 35, I, I don't know exactly how to how to explain it, but I, I just kept going back to it. So just felt that it, it was that one. So nothing in particular. Well, I mean, I think it's good. I mean, I've known you for a little while now, and I know your heart really is that the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ would be fully devoted unto him. And I think in your own experiences in different churches, you have seen um, people not really fully be devoted to Christ. So uh, it's a wonderful passage of Scripture. Um, so let me just kind of, it begins by saying, Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and, and brothers and sisters, just even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Uh, now, some you mentioned this in your sermon, but some may think that he's saying don't love your your wife and your kids. Um, you know, but this is more of a, a comparison that you can't have anyone above me. Um, and so, how how do you think? What what's there, our common temptations for the believer uh, that would 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 put things above the Lord? Well, I think uh, the Lord starts here with with family, with people that are close to you, uh, people that have a, a special connection in your heart. Um, it's, it's very easy to to get distracted, to try to find the or look for the approval of of people that are really close to you. And and without knowing, we start compromising in, in some of the, the things that the Lord has said. I, I think it's, it's really important to go to the the previous verse the 2025 and talking about the the crowds um because there's so many people following christ but not necessarily following uh because they want more of christ so and and we see that i think everybody have that in in their own uh circle in in their family in their uh immediate uh people that are uh, around them so I, I think everything that that can take us to examine ourselves, to see ourselves in, in the mirror, in what Jesus is saying, and and not necessarily compare ourselves to to what the people are doing or the way that people are following Christ, but the way that Christ wants us to follow in Him, I think that's uh, really important. Yeah, I thought you had a great question there about. Um... Who opinion, whose opinion in your life matters the most? Well, that was a great way to kind of to kind of phrase it. I think that you know those questions of who opinions matter most, um, 
you know, uh, are great ways for us to kind of maybe discern if we have um, placed someone in, in, a, in a spot that they don't deserve. Um, you know, I, I see that uh, way too often in, in people's lives. Um, so that was, a, that was a great point. Now, you made the point um, throughout this, this section that he cannot be my disciple. He cannot be my disciple. He cannot be my disciple. Uh, why do you think uh, Luke emphasizes that phrase so much? Well, when you when you see the the context on on Luke fourteen and and Jesus is now on his way to the cross, so he had he had done a lot of miracles, and and there is a lot of people uh, following him for the things that he was doing. I think that's very uh, typical of of human beings. So if if you get the chance to get some benefits from somebody or or in this case, from Jesus, yes, I, I want that. Um, if you think about it, uh, wherever they are giving away stuff, there is a crowd. There is a, a group of people, hey, I want that, it's free, or I want the benefit of it. And Jesus healed a lot of people. He accomplished a lot of miracles. He did um, so many supernatural things. And and people were following him because, because of that. Um but it's interesting that when he started to preach, when he started to teach uh, the doctrine and to speak about the kingdom and talk about the cross and talk about following him and, and dying to self, then people were no longer interested. Hmm. And, and, and that, is, that is the thing uh, here. He wanted to make sure that he clarifies, yes, I'm doing miracles, but I'm, I'm validating myself as the son of God, as the savior, as the Messiah. And... And if you're not following me, you need to get the whole packet, the whole uh, instructions, the whole doctrine. And and this is very typical of, of today. Uh, a lot of people offering the, the good part of Jesus, but not necessarily uh, talking about dying to, to sin. Uh, talking about that war that we have with with our flesh, with, with sin. The world is, is going to be contrary to to the kingdom of God, and, and it's going to be in, in, in opposition. So for some reason, when we only get the part of the benefits of Jesus, it creates that sense that people believe that they can follow Jesus and follow the world at the same time. And and that is not possible. I think Jesus, and, and Luke in this case, is making the, the case that no, you cannot follow Jesus halfway. It has to be your your all. Well, let me ask you a question. So I think, I think you're, you're onto something here. I think that sometimes we want, people want to, they want to follow the world uh, and they want to follow Jesus. They want to have this kind of this syncretistic belief. Uh, Jesus says you cannot uh, both serve God and money, right? Uh, what, are, what are some maybe common ways that you have seen people try to love God uh, as well as love um, uh, the world? Um, well, if, if we look in, in the context of of, of our country, um, and and maybe maybe talking more specifically from from our perspective as as a Latino Hispanic that that lives here in the United States, I think most of us, uh, not to say everybody, but most of us come here with the expectation to pursue the the American dream, 
and and to to look for comfort and to look for prosperity uh and and not that those things are going to be bad in itself the whole thing but when that is the main thing in your life is is occupying uh the the place that only belongs to to god so when when you are pursuing that when you're pursuing a career when you're pursuing uh, a job where you're pursuing money or being com being comfortable uh those things are very uh it, it distract us from from the reality of the main thing of the gospel of jesus christ so especially now what we see today with with the pandemic with all the political atmosphere um It, it, there is a tendency of us pushing for us first and mm -hmm. and not thinking in the general kingdom mindset of of Christ so i mean it, it is that tendency of when when you're pursuing something else maybe that thing is not bad in itself but it, if it's occupying the lord's place i mean that's idolatry that's that's not the way that what god wants us to to follow him. Well, let me ask you this. Um, so you, you, the, the text goes on and talks about counting the cost, right? It has those two illustrations. You have the illustration of the tower and then the construction, the illustration of war. Um, if you're talking to someone or maybe give counsel to someone that's listening, that's maybe sharing the gospel, you mentioned in your sermon that um, we want to make sure that we give the whole gospel, right? Both the good and the bad news. Um, if you're talking to someone how would you help them count the cost before coming to Christ? I think the best way uh, to count the cost is, is getting to know God. Um, I think it's, it's really important to, to understand who God is based on, on what he revealed in, in scriptures, um, getting a, a better understanding on, on who God is, what is his plan, what he accomplished already in the work of Jesus Christ. And, and also, simultaneously, it's, it's important to understand who we are. Um, sometimes the, the message that is abroad in, in culture today is there is, a, there is this power within you. There is uh, something powerful in you. You need to look inside and, and discover that uh, great thing that is in you. But when we go deeper in scriptures and we understand that if I mean, when, when I go deeper in myself, I, I found, I found my sin. I see that there's no way that I can, uh, please God with, with who I am. That's why he sent Jesus to, to live the life that I couldn't live. So getting a deeper understanding and, and this will be a process. It, it, it won't be like a one, uh, time conversation, but it is that process of keep getting to know God and who he is, keep getting to know who you are and, and the deeper the understanding on the holiness of God and the deeper the understanding of, of the sinfulness of, of our nature, I think the cross will make uh, more sense. So now I have a, a big um, understanding of, yes, I need a savior. I need someone that, that can save me, that can give me the strength. So now I understand that my wisdom comes from the lord my strength comes from the lord everything comes from the lord from the deepest things to the most simple things and and 
I think that that will be the key, getting to know God, getting to know ourselves, and uh, having an understanding on, on the cross. Yeah, that, that, that's a great word. You know, I think that when we talk to people, um, I think that we too often are just trying to uh, talk to them for, our, for ourselves or even for our own church. We want to come to our church. But rather than just saying, no, listen, we want to lay out um, truth and error, life and death before you. Uh, choosing the Son, you have life. If you do not choose the Son, you do not have life. Um, and, you know, we just have to let people make their own decisions. And we can't beg or plead um, in the sense that that's going to cajole them, right? We, we do plead with them. We exhort them. Um, because there's no other way for salvation. Um, but we definitely need them to count the cost because if they choose Jesus, you know, they're giving up everything. You know, I just, uh, have a good friend in India and, uh, he had a young man that he baptized just yesterday. And he said that uh, he was supposed to be baptized a year and a half ago. And, um, when it came down to it, he just couldn't go through with it. He couldn't go through the baptism because of the understanding of what it meant that he was going to have to give up everything to follow Jesus. So he just kind of went, uh, he ghosted the pastor and just kind of went uh, off on his own. And then he came back a year and a half later after counting the cost and realizing Jesus is worth it. Jesus may cause my family to disown me. Jesus may cause hardship and persecution in my life, but Jesus is worth it because he is the only one who saves. Um, so let me just and, ask And you also uh, to, to add a little bit more on, on that, that mentality of, of I want a quick fix. I want, I mean, that microwave mentality, I want everything fast uh, and I want it now, um, is it, what sometimes people get, get distracted. It's, 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 it's a process. It, it takes time. Um, I mean, God can do something supernatural and transform uh, your life I immediately. But, I mean, that process of sanctification, that pro process of, of dying to self is... It's going to be until we die. It's going to be until our last day here on earth. And and that is really important uh, to understand that. And, and sometimes, I don't know if intentional or unintentional, but we create uh, a separation between, okay, this is for non-believers, but now I'm a, a believer and and I need something else. And I already, I already have that. I already have the gospel. I already have, and, and no, we get saved by the gospel. We're sustained by the gospel. We walk uh, in the gospel. So it is the same, same message. Of course, we preach repent, repentance and, and belief and faith. Um, but that applies to us too. We need the gospel as believers. We need the gospel every single day as well. Amen. Amen. Well, the last verse, um, salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use, either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Any other further application that you would give us on that, that last verse? Yes, I, I, I didn't have the time to talk about this one uh, in, in both of the services. I just mentioned it. Uh, I think that big sense here is that um, we are the, the salt. Uh, as Christians, as believers, we have Christ and, and salt in, in that time was used and, and still today. But specifically in that time, one of the main uh, purpose of, of salt is, is preservation, is to preserve. And I, I think here is, is talking about the terms that, that Jesus established to be 
to to have a purpose and to be useful in in the kingdom of God, it, it has to be under under His terms. It, it does. It, it cannot be in in our own way. I want to serve you, but I'm not willing to give up this or give up the other things. Um, I, I think to be able to preserve and to really show Christ and and be the light of the world here, uh, it's important that that we surrender everything and that we understand that that this is the church this is as believers we are part of a body and and the body is is preserving uh the earth is preserving so many things and we have that calling as as christians to understand that that we are supposed to show the light and and preserve our community our our people the everything around us so yes i, I think that that part is is basically focusing on if you want to be useless uh, for the kingdom of God, do it your way. Mm. But to be useful, it has to be under God's terms. That's a great way to, 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 to kind of end it. If you want to be useful for the kingdom of God, um, do it God's way. If you want to be useless for the kingdom of God, do it your own way. Uh, well, brother, thank you so much for the time, preparation of preaching the word and uh, preaching it twice with a translator. Uh, I hope we get some, some good rest this afternoon. Uh, after the workday is done. Let me just uh, offer one last uh, word of prayer. Uh, Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you that it challenges us, that unless we give up all, we cannot be your disciple. So God, we pray that you would be first in our life, that we would be useful for the kingdom of God, that we would not try to live our way, but we would count the cost, and that we'd live your way for your glory. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.